0: The doctor is in. I'm so excited on today's Creative Coach Cast. We're going to talk to Dr. Tim Karahair. He got his MD from the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine, and he's a board certified American Board of Family Medicine doctor. So, we're going to talk to Dr. Karahair about what it takes to be more creative and how to be healthier, to be a whole person, to create what it is we dream about creating. Welcome to the Creative Coach Cast. I'm Paul Goldsmith, an entrepreneur and creative coach on the show, committed to helping you transform your creative ideas into a reality. Dr. Kara Hare has worked in federally qualified community health centers and at a VA outpatient primary care clinic. I met him at the Mulberry Clinic in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Dr. Kara Hare joined Mulberry to enhance his interest in functional medicine, nutrition, lifestyle medicine, obesity, and preventative medicine. He's married with three daughters and enjoys gardening, cooking, and outdoor activities, and is also actively involved in his church. Welcome to the Creative Coachcast, Dr. Karahar.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: You have quite the experience coming from the VA and now in the functional medicine space. What does functional medicine look like for you?
1: Functional medicine for me is an effort to try to understand what some of the root causes for a person's health conditions may be. I think our our current medical model is really good at diagnosing uh, medical conditions and then treating them, but there isn't a lot of effort spent trying to help a patient figure out how they got to the situation where they developed the condition and if there are any potential triggers or factors that help them develop that condition that may be reversible. And it focuses just a lot on lifestyle, diet, nutrition, rest, kind of looking at the whole person and what influences that may have on their overall health and any medical conditions they may develop.
0: That covers a lot of ground. So if you want to be a healthier person, you're stressed out and there's a million diets and exercise gimmicks and pills and things, what would you say is the good place to start?
1: I've been working now for 10 plus years with patients who are trying to improve their health. And what I have really noticed is that most people's lives are overflowing with activity, overflowing with pressures, overflowing with commitments and... When a person sets out to start to make lifestyle changes and improve their health, they often are trying to add something to that already overwhelmed schedule. And so one thing I've started to talk to my patients about is instead of adding something with regards to maybe a diet change or a new exercise routine, let's look at your schedule and see what we can take off your schedule. Because what tends to happen is if you are trying to add your new lifestyle activity to an already overloaded schedule. You'll be able to do it for a short term and then life will just catch up with you and you're already overwhelmed and then something's going to have to go. Usually it's the healthy effort that a person is doing that's the first thing to go. And so... I've started to encourage people, hey, look at your schedule, like look at where you're spending your time, look where you're spending your money, what activities you've said yes to. And if you're really ready to make some healthy lifestyle changes, what can you start to say no to? What can you take off your plate? What money could you set aside to commit to some healthy activities? And that by hopefully creating that margin in their schedule, be easier for them to continue that activity indefinitely and for the long term, hopefully
0: you want to go to the root cause is you're saying it's overwhelmed. There's too much going on and you're too taxed. And so that's easier said than done, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, What's a good place to start when you're talking to patients that are anxious and overloaded and life stress is just having adverse effect on their health. So they're coming to see you. Is there one good place to start when you look at it and say, how do I create margin in my life?
1: this is where like functional medicine and kind of a more lifestyle approach gets really exciting because for every person, it can be different. And I think that I usually start by saying, what are the obvious things that you know that you need to change? Instead of me giving a person a long list, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. I'm not living in that person's day-to-day life. And usually people are pretty aware of where they need to start. Doc, I need to do this. I need to do this. I know I, I've been trying to do this for 15 years and it just hasn't happened. And so a lot of times people know where to start. It's just figuring out how to take it from the awareness to the efforts to complete it. It's a tough question to answer just because for different people to be very different. And, and that's been really interesting and fun is to instead of being the all knowing doctor who comes in with a plan and say, you need to do this, to be like, hey, What do you feel you need to do? And then have them consider that. And then for me to be able to say, well, how can I partner with you and support you as you start to consider what it would really look like to really make this a serious commitment to try to make the changes that you have already identified that you need to make. Wow.
0: I don't hear many doctors talking like that. Now, I don't talk to a lot of doctors. That's hard to write that on a prescription pad. (laughs) It takes actual caring about the whole person and not just trying to address the symptoms. I like to offer practical things that people can do to implement. And so finding a doctor like you or other coaches and people to help you to be accountable with that, if you already know that, okay, I need to eat healthier. We all know that we should eat healthier. Where's one place to start that might be something to explore if you want to start eating better? You're busy, so you don't have a lot of time to prepare healthy meals. And so you need convenience. You need to be able to fit in your schedule where's a good place to start when it comes to eating healthier?
1: When you're stressed out and when life is busy and when you have a lot going on, we need a quick solution. And by that point, there are some restaurants and some now even some fast food type restaurants that are developing healthier options. And that's certainly a trend that's moving to the better. So that's exciting. But I kind of think that once you're in that place, to a certain extent, it's a little bit too late. Like I've been in medicine, for example, but in many areas, we identify crisis situations. So, for example, with medicine, you might have a code where a person stops breathing and their heart stops. And so we practice, our whole team is trained to know what to do in that critical emergent situation. And the way you have success in those emergent situations, when you have limited time, limited resources, when everybody needs to be on the same page and to work together is by having a plan. And that plan is established before the crisis develops. If you don't have your plan in place, and if it isn't something that you've practiced with your team, then when the emergency happens, it's total chaos. And the person who needs help doesn't get the help that they need because you don't have good communication. People don't know their roles and you're just unable to get the work done in that crisis situation. And so I've started to think about our lives and our eating so often as a crisis situation, right? We had a long day at work. We picked up the kids after school. We had to take them to their sports practice. Things ran late. We started talking to a friend. It's bedtime, you got school the next morning, all of a sudden we need to eat something. And so now the question is, what do we do? You have fast food, you have a microwave of food. At that point, you've given yourself few options because you haven't in advanced prepared an option that you would have kind of ready to go. And so I started to talk to some patients who have frequent times like that. And I'll say, let's have an emergency food pack that's kind of ready for you to go. Some things that my family would do is like we might marinate some chicken and freeze the chicken and have a bag of broccoli in the freezer and they're ready to go. You can take that out, you can microwave it, you can cook it, you can steam the broccoli, and you can have a meal put together in 15 minutes and it's healthy. But the key for that happening is taking some steps in advance so that when those really critical busy days come, you have something kind of in your back pocket a plan that you can just implement without a lot of thought, without a lot of strategizing, without a lot of effort in that moment, because you've in advance done the hard work to have that ready to go.
0: Say there's a global pandemic, for example, it might be helpful to have a plan and all the people that were at risk for serious health complications, they use the term comorbidities seems like they were already in a crisis situation and it just took one virus that was devastating. Coming out on the other side of that, it sounds like wisdom there that you would actually start by preparing before the next pandemic or crisis happens that you would actually get into a plan and a routine of knowing how to take care of the underlying health conditions. And what you put into your body is a big part of that. The other side obviously is moving around, physical wellness, so specifically, what's one thing somebody's out of shape and wants to physically get more active? Where's a good place to start?
1: I think for a person who's out of shape, one, you just have to start somewhere. We get out of shape by just doing less and less and less and less and less. And it's, it's kind of this slow, longstanding, gradual process of taking fewer walks with the kids walking the dog a shorter distance, playing less recreational sports with our friends. We just slowly do less and less and less. And so if it's a five-minute walk at lunch, if it's a 10-minute walk in between Zoom conferences at home, if it's push-ups and sit-ups for two minutes while you're waiting for your kids to put their shoes on so you can go drop them off wherever they need to go. I think that a lot of little efforts at movement build up over time. And I always say, park as far away as you can when you get to the grocery store. Just take those steps to walk, stop taking the elevator, start taking the stairs, just start to incorporate any type of movement at all into your life and get those numbers of steps up. So I think that's just being intentional in lots of small little ways. And I think that it can add up over time. But I would say after that, I think find a class or find a group or find somebody to do it with the people who physically active with friends who join a class, who have a group that they're working out with will definitely be much more successful at, at continuing it and following through and, and really enjoying it. Because in addition to it just being physical activity, you know, you're adding the community piece. And I think for so many of us, that is a critical need as well. If you're really out of shape, one see your doctor. I think that's that's sure. wise. You know, make sure you get their blessing to know it is safe for you to begin to exercise. And the other thing I, I would say too is kind of give yourself some grace and start slow. I see a lot of people who maybe at one point we're very athletic and did a lot of physical activity and they come in and they're like, all right, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to start running again. I'm going to start doing this again. I'm going to start doing that again. And then three weeks later, they're in our office with an injury. And then the next thing you know, they have three months of recovery from the injury. And you do really need to start with your current shape level of fitness and build up slowly and, and kind of slow and steady, just, let that grow, let your strength and your conditioning kind of grow over time. And and then as it's growing, then add on more and more.
0: Start small, but be intentional and just do it with others in your social circle and get some accountability. So I want to ask you about some of the things that are kind of trendy right now. One of the things that caught my eye, there's a lot of people doing intermittent fasting right now. What, What do you think of that?
1: I personally intermittent fast most mornings. I used to try to eat my three meals and healthy snacks and spread out my food over the course of the day. And I was always the kind of person that by 10 o'clock in the morning, I was having a sugar crash and I was developing headaches and fatigue and reaching out for coffee to try to make it through my day. And as I started to read about intermittent fasting, I decided to try it. And so, pushed back my breakfast instead of eating breakfast at six, I started to take a really easy to eat breakfast to work that I could eat at any time. And I just would see how long I could push it back. And when I stopped eating breakfast, and I started to fast more, my body kind of got used to it. And all those hunger cravings and and headaches from hunger and brain fog and all just trying to get through my day just really cleared up. I've been really happy with it. I don't eat anything until lunchtime and then I have a healthy lunch and then a healthy snack in the afternoon and then dinner at home. I do try to drink a lot of water throughout the day and I've lost weight with it. And I just find that my work day goes really, really well. I just am... Able to be present, and and that's been really helpful,
0: Doctor Kerr. Here, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and you're saying maybe not the case.
1: Yeah, it's always hard doing research on nutritional interventions is challenging. There is kind of conflicting data on people who fast and don't fast. There's definitely an argument to be made for both sides, but for me personally, and I think a lot of people that I've seen, you know, a lot of times. Our breakfast choices aren't great choices. You know, if you're running through a McDonald's and you're grabbing hash browns, or, you know, if you're getting your fast food on your way to work in the morning and it's just a lot of fat and a lot of calories, sometimes just taking that breakfast out of your diet will eliminate four to 500 calories or more a day. And there's just the sugar cycle. So the people who wake up and they have cereal and orange juice or coffee with sugar, or maybe they wake up and they have their waffles and syrup and some bacon and orange juice. A lot of those are carbs. And what happens is when you eat a lot of those simple carbs, it spikes your sugar and you get that sugar rush, and then your sugar crashes quickly. And that induces a lot of hunger, it induces a lot of cravings. And I think eliminating a lot of those less healthy breakfast options, I've just found that my day goes great. There certainly are some very healthy breakfasts and it's not for everybody and you don't have to do it. But for me, it's been helpful and I've I've seen it be helpful for some other people. And
0: you mentioned lower carbs. So what's the story on that? Low carb. I know that's a controversial topic. Is that a healthy thing for people to do that want to get in shape and be healthier?
1: Again, there are a lot of experts that you can listen to that have a lot of great data and really argue points of ketogenic diet versus non-ketogenic diet and plant-based diet versus ketogenic diet. That is a very (laughs) well-argued topic. But I think the obvious is that this is kind of the first time in history that there is just sugar everywhere. We just had my daughter's birthday and I was just reflecting, right? Like a birthday cake, Probably started in times when getting refined flour and getting sugar was very difficult. And so to have a cake for your birthday was a great celebration because it was so exceedingly rare. But now we have cake three times a day. It's on every grocery store shelf, every gas station, ice cream, sodas, juice, it's everywhere. And it's never been like that, right? And our bodies are not made for that. And unfortunately, so many of the easiest foods are very high in sugar and carbs. And as a society, we do just overindulge in them. I think it's really obvious, but really powerful to just start to cut that out of our lives and just go for more unprocessed food, eliminating the sugary beverages, eliminating even juice as a beverage isn't super helpful. It's just a lot of sugar without a lot of value, a lot of pastas and breads. And we just turn to these things over and over. So many people do, and just really taking those out of their diet and just eating the natural unprocessed foods. I think that many people do that already. And I think that's certainly a growing trend. And so there's many people who are very, very good at that. But for a lot of people, that that's still a big step that we need to take. And I think just acknowledging The harms of sugar and making the realization that there is sugar in everything. Every food that's processed, there's probably some sugar in it. And that adds up to a lot. I think cutting way back on the carbs, whether it's 100% and you're ketogenic or whether it's just way less, you'll need to decide what's right for you. But getting rid of the simple processed sugars is just critical.
0: And this is so helpful. I think most of us are not experienced in talking to our doctor about this sort of thing. We go to them when we have a problem, we need a prescription. And so what would you say to somebody to encourage them to go to talk to a professional, whether it's a doctor or a nutritionist, or where do they get started? How would you approach that conversation? Like, hey, I want to get healthier. I need some advice. How do you even start that conversation?
1: For most physicians, they long to have that conversation with their patient. And because of the pressures of the whole current medical model, which requires most physicians to see many patients a day, there just isn't the time to have those conversations. And so a couple thoughts. One, unfortunately, it's most doctors won't have the time to have that conversation with you, right? And that's really sad. And that's something that as a medical system, we need to change. I would ask them where they think you should start. There's a lot of programs in our communities that offer nutrition counseling and coaching and a lot of lifestyle coaching. It's definitely a growing trend and that's a good thing. Two, I think a lot of it is available just through research, you know, on the internet and books. There's a lot of good books that you can find. Obviously you need to be very careful with making sure your sites are are a reliable site. Another thing I say is find a friend who you respect as a healthy person and just start talking to them. I have a patient who's lost a lot of weight and he had a friend who was a healthy guy and he exercised and he ate well and he was badgering my patient for a while to make some lifestyle changes. And finally, my patient just went to him and said, hey, you're healthier than I, you've been telling me I need to get healthy. You're right, help me. Like, why don't you coach me? And it's been neat to watch their friendship as the one friend who has for years made health a priority has started to really coach and partner with my patient who hasn't made that an effort. And they've been very successful. A lot of the lifestyle interventions are things that they should be very obvious, right? You don't—you shouldn't need a doctor to tell you what recipe to make or to tell you how to be healthy, right? We should no, but society has made it so confusing. It's a trust issue. Do. Yeah.
0: What what site do you trust? Who do you take advice from? So is there a site or is there a book that you would recommend that you think is the pretty balanced approach that might be a helpful resource?
1: I really do like the book by Dr. Hyman, Food, What the Heck Should We Eat? I think that that's a really interesting book. It doesn't advocate for any specific diet. And it just helps you to really understand how our food is made and how it's processed. And it helps to sort through some of the confusion regarding what is good and what isn't good. It does have some concepts for some recipes and all. And and I find that to be a really good kind of introduction to just considering what types of foods we should eat. He answers a lot of good questions in that book.
0: And I think one other factor we have to consider would be sleep. I've recently started paying attention to that since I got my Aura ring and it's a sleep tracker. The average person, how much sleep do we actually need? Because we got a lot to do. (laughs) And so we hear a lot of different things. What are your thoughts on the average person? How much sleep do we actually need each night?
1: I personally have sleep apnea and my family does it. We all do. And so I have personally experienced the effects of poor quality sleep. And about eight years ago, I started using a CPAP machine and it radically changed my life. I think that poor quality sleep or not enough sleep is, it's kind of like a gateway health condition because if you don't sleep well, it just gets you off on the wrong track. Then the next day you're fighting to make it through your day. What do you turn to? Most people turn to caffeine and sugar. When you get to the end of your day and it's time to go exercise, you don't have the energy to do so. And for a lot of people, poor quality sleep can really start a negative spiral of just worsening health choices because we're just so tired. I really think that protecting your sleep is critical. We should wake up rested. You know, we should wake up ready to go for the day and we shouldn't be fighting falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon. We should get to the end of our day and have energy to go be physically active and play with your kids or go to the gym or go find some friends to do something with. And I think that if you neglect your sleep or you have poor quality sleep, you're going to struggle with everything, you know, depression, anxiety, it affects your relationships. It affects everything. I'm glad to see the new focus on sleep. And I would add to that real rest. I think as a society, we're really, we work hard and we play hard, but we don't really think about just stopping and just resting and just being and I think that that is, it's not sleep, but it, it's an emotional, physical, even spiritual rest that I think that many, many people don't incorporate into their schedule. Our schedules are just so full, doing, 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 doing. We don't spend a lot of time just being and just stopping and just reflecting. And, and I think that that is as critical as our sleep when we create space for that, It frees us, I think, to really be present when we do go back to work and we do re-engage. I think those two issues, good sleep and periods or times of rest, are very, very important.
0: If the president calls you tomorrow and makes you the Surgeon General, the America's top doctor, and you can give one piece of advice to the American people about how we can get healthier, what do you say?
1: I think we just have to acknowledge that being healthy takes time and effort, and resources, maybe financial, maybe not. And if we don't create the space for those efforts, we will not have health. I think that's my message to individuals. We need to analyze our lives and figure out where we can create the margin that we can then invest it into our health. We will not be healthy if we don't set aside time and and make effort and invest in it.
0: Sometimes we need a little nudge. We need it like, okay, we're just trying to survive. Where do I start? And that's a good place to start by analyzing your lifestyle and deciding, making your health an intentional, a part of the equation of saying our family is going to eat healthier. We're going to have an emergency healthy meal at the ready when we don't have time to prepare a meal. We are going to be intentional about getting our steps in each day. And if that just means parking further away from the grocery store or work, it means taking the stairs and not the elevator. It means finding accountability and finding the healthiest friends you know and asking them if they would help you be a little bit healthier. I think that's incredible advice. It's just getting serious about wanting to impact it, not just for you, but your family. But this podcast is all about how do you create the things that you're inspired to create. And to do that, it starts with taking care of yourself. There's no quick fix. And so I've appreciated your transparency and honesty here. There's no magic pill. There's no magic diet. There's not one answer. It's just making sure that you're being intentional about it.
1: You know, I've been listening to your podcast about how to start the creative process. It's almost the same message, right? People who have that creative yearning to create and to express themselves and to do something are overwhelmed by life. And so I think what you've been helping people to really address is how do I get started? And a lot of the recommendations that you've been making to creative people, I think you could equally apply to your health. The things that are not scheduled, don't get done. So how do you schedule your exercise time? Taking 25 minutes and setting your Pomodoro timer, you know what I mean? To Uh to just be blocked and just go do something physical. In a lot of sense, the struggle of overcoming inertia and overwhelming life when there's something inside of us that we know that needs to be prioritized and done. A lot of your recommendations towards creating space to do your creative work could also be applied to to that need that we have to be healthy and thank you for Um,
0: saying that I am certainly no expert the reason I started the podcast is I've learned a few things and I'm in process and I want to share what I've learned and learned from others and I really appreciate that because I think we're all in this together and I want to see others around me get healthier we can help each other and so anyway I appreciate your time today Dr. Kara thank you so much
1: yeah you're welcome thank you
0: if you are able to make a review of this podcast, then send me a screenshot of your review on either Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Paul J. Goldsmith, and I would be delighted to send you your very own five-minute journal as a way of saying thank you for listening and reviewing the Creative Coach Cast so that others can find it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.